community was born three laced up in me, and that's a magic number. What does it all mean? And welcome into another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast, the Summer Edition 2019 NHL Draft coverage. The uh, the trio has returned, Dave Melton, Brandon Kane, and yours truly, Brad Rapplinger, here to talk about all things NHL Draft here on the new and improved Second City Hockey Podcast Network. We're very happy to have everybody here. Uh, gentlemen, welcome. How are we? How are we doing so far this off season now that hockey has officially ended? So bored. It's been a whole week. I've been watching a lot of the World Cup, so I'm not really bored. Uh. <laughs> well, I've been watching the United States in the World Cup, so I'm very bored because after 10 minutes, it's pretty much over, and then I can move on to what else I'm doing that day. They're up a touchdown in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, but Hopefully it'll get interesting soon, though. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, but we're here for the, uh, for the hockey talk, and there's a oh. few things to get through, uh, although, Dave, you sound like you want to say something. Oh, no, no, I'm good. As you, you just said hockey talk. Oh, that's right. That's what we're doing here. That's correct. Uh, which, first of all, <laughs> shout out to uh, the lovely ladies at uh, Puck and Wright Chicago, uh, the, uh, the Monday series. Uh, big shout out to Megan and Shaylin uh, for everything they do as well, which, um, which we think they covered this, but we're just going uh, to touch on this for a couple of minutes on uh, Olimata being acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Dominic, Dominic Cahoon. Wow, Dominic Cahoon. We're back! Um, Dominic Cahoon and a fifth-round pick uh, from this year's draft, um, which we're looking at like, what is it? It's 4.1 mil in cap hit for, uh, for Olimata, I believe it is. Um, yeah, right around. It's like, it's like 4083 or something. Four and, a, four and change. Four and change. We have an, a semi-injury-ridden, decently young defenseman joining the, the Blackhawks pool of defensemen, which uh, currently sits at a bunch. Um, and that's an official count, by the way. But, gentlemen, uh, and we'll start with Dave. Just give us your thoughts on, on the Hawks getting rid of um, probably our favorite player in terms of facial expressions, uh, Dominic <laughs> Cahoon, to acquire um, a, a decently proven defenseman when he was healthy and playing for the, uh, the Stanley Cup champion, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah, I missed the Cahoon face more than anything else. But uh, Cahoon was fine. I mean, I think he's the type of player I, I, I think – the, I wouldn't call it a concern, but, you know, he goes to Pittsburgh. He seems like he's got just enough talent where if he got on the line with Crosby or Malkin, he might go off for 50 or 60 points, and then everyone will, you know, everyone in Chicago will freak out. But, they, you know, if he skated opposite Kane an entire season, he might get 50 or 60 points here, but obviously won't have that chance now. Um, so Cahoon's fine, He's but he's he's an expendable piece, and if you want to be a good hockey team, you should be able to replace players like Cahoon and with Cabal. Uh, Kubalik. Am I saying that right, Kubalik? I think it's Kubalik. Uh, Brandon? Kubalik? Yes. Okay. Thank uh, you. Kubalik, <laughs> Kubalik Sakura, <laughs> or, uh, or, or Whedon, like one of those three should be able, or even if Kurashev makes a team this year, if uh, any of those guys should be able to replace what uh, Dominic Cahoon did last season. So I'm not, not too worried about replacing him. And then what they got with Mata, like you said, it's not really – you know he's he's not really a wild player. I I I think at his the ideal thing for him is that he comes in and plays like like a second pairing defenseman, and he's a good re- defensively responsible guy, which would give them exactly two of those in the entire uh, bunch of an def- defensemen that they have. It'd be him and Connor Murphy. That's it, and uh, everyone else is a question mark in the defensive zone. Um, and that's if Mata like returns to the form he had in, in the seventeen eighteen season. I forgot exactly the headline, but the there was an article on him at The Athletic that said something along the lines of how he's controlling the blue line like nobody else on the Penguins and just really praised everything he was doing. Last season, Brad, you mentioned all his injuries and his play, and he wasn't very good. I, I, I was reading on some, uh, some Penguins fans' comments that uh, you can blame a lot of that on him being partnered with Jack Johnson, which is probably a fair argument because Jack Johnson's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, it's it'll the question will be which Olimata we get when he suits up for the Hawks next fall. I'm not heartbroken by the trade. I'm not you know totally uh, invigorated by it either. Just kind of eh. 
Brandon Kane, what are your thoughts on uh, the Olimata trade? Uh, I think it's a good trade. Um, obviously, Mata's skating is kind of the uh, the thing that everyone is focusing on as the negative, uh, along with uh, the the four million that he'll command on his contract. But um, defense is the the issue that the Blackhawks need to fix is their number one priority, and they went out and got a defensive minded defenseman who works well in his own zone and that's what everyone wanted. So that's what you got. Um, and as far as like Cahoon leaving, that's fine. He's a secondary forward. That's the price that you pay for a defenseman of the caliber of Mata. So. Mm-hmm. And it seems like yeah. picking up Mata was more to try to bolster the kind of the defensive side of the defense. Um, because I know he's been really good, especially when he was paired with Chris Letang in Pittsburgh for their um, their power play. Um, not a really good offensive guy, but did a great job of clearing the puck out of the zone, especially um, in 2016 when the Penguins had one of the better P, um, PKs in the league. Um, you know, so that's good. Obviously, that was a gaping hole in the Blackhawks, and not not was a gaping hole. It continues to be a gaping hole in the Blackhawks. Um, talent pool uh, especially when it comes to the penalty kill so not a bad uh, not a bad thing again hopefully um, Mata can stay healthy and it'll be interesting because I know he's a right-handed shot but he primarily plays um, left defense which means that he's probably going to be paired I would think with maybe a guy like Henry Yokoharu um, somebody who's a little more offensively minded um, a la Chris Letang so it'll be kind of interesting to see if they pair him with um, anybody really that's currently on the roster or, um, you know, if he just kind of hangs out on that third line defense or, you know, maybe hangs in Rockford for a little bit to help uh, bolster up some of the young talent. But it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, Mata joins a, a, a talent pool of Blackhawks defensemen currently uh, about six players deep. And uh, could be a seventh uh, on Friday night when the Blackhawks have the third overall draft pick in the NHL draft. Do you like that segue? That was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Um, at, <laughs> at, uh, at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Um, and the, uh, again, the Hawks, for those of you that uh, have not been keeping up with things, the Blackhawks have the third overall draft pick after winning the lottery. Um, the uh, the on-the-clock series has been posted by the Chicago Blackhawks and Blackhawks TV. Shout out to them. They're Emmy Award winning and do outstanding work, and it's a great little behind-the-scenes feature. But the Blackhawks uh, were the third winners of the NHL draft, uh, which means they uh, have the third pick over – um, or after the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and just ahead of the Avalanche Kings, Wings, Sabres, Oilers, Ducks, and Canucks. That kind of rhymed. Wings, Kings, <laughs> Ducks, Canucks. Um, anyways, so uh, yeah, uh, as as per tradition with the uh, with any draft, um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna highlight some of the key prospects that the Blackhawks could take. Uh, in the the 2019 NHL draft, um, starting with uh, with Mr. Dave Melton, highlighting who most people consider uh, to be probably one of the most, if not the most, um, kind of complete player as a defenseman in this draft, uh, Bowen Byram. So, uh, Dave Melton, what are your thoughts on Bowen Byram? Give us a little uh, give us a little highlight. Well, yeah, I'll try and keep this brief because I think. With all the reading and everything I've done, like it seems like, and, and we'll get to this later when we talk about who we want the Hawks to pick. I think I've really talked myself into Bowen Byron being the guy that I'd love to see on the Blackhawks. Um, the number one thing that jumps out to me, because as you've been watching these NHL playoffs, it seems like it's just been every team has defensemen who can skate and skate well. I mean, I've been watching like Wierenski in Columbus, watching Carlson in San Jose, watching McAvoy and Krug with Boston are watching like, you know, the goal Petrangelo scored in game seven for St. Louis when he jumped in and scored, you know, right in front of the crease, right in front of the net. So uh, Bowen Byram can skate. And I think every, I, th- I think for uh, the athletic, I think Corey Prime and their guy said he's the best skater in the draft, which right away in uh, the way the NHL is going these days, that catch, that should catch everyone's attention when they, when he's d- dubbed the best skater in the draft. Um, and he's, he's got decent size. He's not quite as undersized as some of the other 
you know, defenseman the Blackhawks have in the system. He's, he's six foot, I think about 195, which makes him bigger than Boquist and Mitchell and I think anybody in, in Yokoharu, everyone else that the Hawks have had in their system. So size isn't an issue. He, he, he can skate well, which he uses – uh, uses in the offensive zone and he uses it to get himself out of trouble in the defensive zone where some of the, you know, some of the more offensive minded defensive players that you would think of they're the knock on them is always defense. Byram doesn't quite have those knocks on him. So it seems like he's a more, a well-rounded defenseman because he has, you know, he can, he can, he can cause trouble at both ends of the, or he can cause trouble on offense and he won't get himself into trouble on defense and just everything about this guy, uh, it, it's hard to find a lot any criticism of him, really. You know, all, all the articles I've read are talking about is he can skate well. I, I guess the one knock, I, the only thing close to a knock I found is that he may not quite have the vision that you want a high-end prospect to to have. Again, going back to the athletics, Corey Pronman, his article said he doesn't have the vision of a guy like Adam Boquist, which was an interesting to see that comparison, um, to see Boquist being – the bar by which they measure other prospects, but um, he can skate, he can shoot. It's more of a, he's more of a, a wrist shot guy. Doesn't really have a big booming slap shot from the point. He more skates himself into uh, soft spots in the defensive coverage, then fires a quick wrist shot that is well placed and scores goals. Um, he, he was a leading, uh, leading goal scorer among defensemen in the WHL this year. There's just so many good things to say about the guy. Um, and I guess the only, one of the only drawbacks there is that if you as defensemen tend to have a longer trajectory as far as uh, learning at the NHL level, but everything you read and hear about Byram is that you draft him and by October, he will be in your lineup and you know, he could ultimately be your, your number one defenseman for the next decade. And I don't know if the Hawks have that in their system right now. They've got a lot of really good defensemen, a lot of good prospects with Mitchell and Yoko Haru and Boquist, and everybody else. But it's hard to say they have, like, the true number one guy like Duncan Keith was for the last decade, and Byram might be that guy if the Hawks draft him. It's kind of big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, right? Which, well, I – I don't. I think we'll get to uh, we'll get to our breakdown of, of everybody here in terms of who the Hawks should take a little bit later. But before we do that, let's uh, let's highlight the rest of the options here because again, there are a lot of options. So, Brandon Kane, why don't you tell us a little bit about centerman Dylan Cousins? Oh, and by the way, we should point out these are all done in alphabetical order. No that, particular order here. Correct. Just so we're not playing any favorites yet. Although I probably gave away my favorites already. I'm wearing my tinfoil hat, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do that every day, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyways, Dylan Cousins, why don't you uh, lay it out for us? Yeah. So, uh, of the forwards, aside from Jack Hughes, he probably has the most speed amongst the group. Um, plays a two-way game. Uh, you'll see that a lot with the reports on these top uh, centermen here. Um, good hands. Um he is listed as a center, maybe plays right wing um, to start off, and then you transition him to the center, which wouldn't be um, unheard of with the Blackhawks. They did that with Nick Schmaltz and um, Hannes Stroza as well. So, mm-hmm. um, And as far as like a NHL comparison, um, Jeff Carter is probably a good link on that. Um, played similar game, playing inside. So, yeah, and he's a big guy, six foot three, one eighty ish around there. So, and a right-handed shot. So, which is I know an area that Stan Bowman and um, I think even John McDonough mentioned on uh, on local radio here in Chicago about uh, trying to make the Blackhawks at least a little more respectable in the size department, um, trying to at least bolster some of the physicality that they maybe used to have in guys like a, a Dustin Bufflin or a. Um, uh, or a Brian Bickle. So it'll be interesting to see if they maybe consider that uh, moving forward. And then, you know, there's players, Dave Melton, like Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc was a player that was profiled uh, at our website on Monday by Shepard Price, did a very good job uh, laying out everything that Kirby Doc can be. And in, in the headline reads that he's a natural playmaker, plays a 200-foot game, is a gifted passer, and is very good in the transition game. Um I think the uh, the big comp I've seen for him was uh, Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, which, you know, if the Hawks drafted in uh, Mark Shifley, I'd be pretty okay with that. Um, 
but Doc gets a lot of comparison to, to Cozens, the player that obviously with them both being centers. Um, Doc's a little bit bigger at six foot four, 198 pounds, so he would definitely add to the size um, element that uh, Brandon was touching on a little bit there. Um, he's he's just really they, they talk so much about his two way game and that he's able to get the puck defensively and. and uh, distributed up at the offensive end because of how good of a passer he is. Sometimes, like the the way they're describing how much his passing, or the way it, the passing always comes up in conversation, it kind of reminds me of the way people talk about Joe Thornton, with with how good his vision and his hands are. Um, so, so there, I don't know if that's exactly a good comp because of all the other elements of the game, but the the way they talk about his passing, specifically, it does sound like a, a Joe Thornton comparison there. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there, there's I think Doc, gets, he's got a lot more of raw talent and raw ability to where there could be a much higher ceiling there than Cozens because of how much offensive creativity he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that's where his he might peak a little bit higher than Cozens. Cozens might be more of an, an all-around type of guy in, in that regard, but um, it's it seems like Doc could be – Doc's another guy that you could draft and he could be your number one center for the next decade. Um, I don't know if he'd quite be the Jonathan Taves level because that's a pretty high bar to reach, but um, he's, he produced a ton down in the WHL, so it's hard to, uh, it's hard to deny his offensive ability. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too, because oddly enough, the next guy on our list is kind of the, the, the comparison player from a Kirby Doc. And, Brandon, you can touch on uh, Vasily Podkols in here for us, um, the, uh, the Russian right winger. Yeah, so if you uh, listened to this podcast a month ago or really any uh, read any mock draft, you saw Vasily Podkolzin was the number three. Clear cut, he was going to be the guy. Um, kind of put on an invisibility cloak and didn't really do anything at U18 Worlds. And the other group of prospects that were right behind him, they showed up, um, aside from Kirby Doc, who was injured. Um, who but in his actually show up. Kinda, <laughs> Right, yeah. So his so Pat Colson's stock dropped a little bit there. Um, so it would be a surprise if the Blackhawks selected him. Um, the comparison, I guess, would be Tarasenko or Alexander Radulov um, for an NHL player comp. And, you know, again, uh, strong two-way player, um, very aggressive with his skating and um, – going to the end boards to, to win those puck battles. Um, the one, you know, big knock that you'll see with Todd Colson is he has a two-year contract with SK St. Petersburg that he said he's going to honor and play that out. Mm. Um, but then when you look at how guys who are drafted in the first round normally crack the NHL, it's a year or two before they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so would that mean that after he – plays two years, he immediately steps into the NHL, or does he do a year in the AHL? That'll be, you know, left to be seen when that time comes. But um, good option to have for a, for a winger that uh, has a high compete level and um, plays with a little bit of a, an edge to his game. Mm-hmm. And I believe he had a pretty aggressive showing at the, um, uh, at the, at the combine in Buffalo. World um, Juniors, yeah. Yeah, that too, uh, which again, never a never a bad thing to get a feisty ring, uh, you know, ring ringer or a feisty ringer or a feisty winger. Easy for me to say um, <laughs> when uh, when you get the chance. But then there's the hometown hero. Uh, a lot of people now, you know, riding the the Alex Turcotte train pretty hard. Um, myself included, uh, for, for lots of reasons that we'll go into in a little bit, but, uh, but Dave Melton, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, uh, he's, he, cause he's from Elk Grove village, right? Dave. Yes, sir. Sorry. I zoned out for a second there. Apologize. <laughs> I, I lost, I, I lost <laughs> sentence. No, nothing but I'm you, working, right? you, my non-existent girlfriend, my boss. It's fine. It just tune me. I heard, in. I heard three letters in Grove of Elk Grove Village, and then it just went quiet. And I thought, okay, I guess we're done. Island Lake. 
Uh, there you, Lake, not there you go. Island Lake. Thank you, Brandon. Um, the, uh, the Island Lake uh, resident, Alex Turcott. Dave Melton, are you listening? No. It's I mentioned Jonathan Taze when I was talking about Kirby Doc, but this is the guy that ev- everything I'm reading screams Jonathan Taze because the, the, they talk about his compete level and how serious he is and how much he – how much he's into the game of hockey. Like this line here is from uh, the Habs eye on the prize profile of them. It says few draft eligible prospects could claim to play the game at the same intensity as Turcotte. So there's a, there, there's your Jonathan Taze comparison right there. He plays all over the ice. He'll play the power play. He'll play the penalty kill. He skates pretty well. He's got decent size. He's listed at five eleven, one eighty. not the biggest guy, but also not, you know, not undersized by any means. Um, I, I just think that there's the biggest questions for him is how high his ceiling is from a creative level. But it's, it seems like every, everything you read about him is that he's going to be a number one center for a decade. His, his rankings is kind of up and down. I mean, Bob McKenzie has him down at number 11, which is a little bit surprising. Corey Proman at the athletic has him up at number three, right behind uh capo Caco and the names escaping me, Jack Hughes. Wow. I, blacked out for a moment it's, it's summertime people we're we're having a yeah. we're, we're <laughs> that, having a time like it's again it's another guy it's hard to find something bad that's written about him the only real negative with Turcotte is that he's committed to the the University of Wisconsin and everything about him has said that he's pl- he's gonna go play there for a year so if you draft him this year you're not gonna you might get him um come March or April depending on how far Wisconsin goes in the NCAA tournament um and you may not get him at all which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you draft a guy that, you know, it takes a year and then he's your number one center for the next 10 to 15 years. That's not a problem, but if you're looking for a player that's going to make an immediate impact, which the Hawks say they are not interested in, although I don't know if I believe them or believe that sh- and believe that's something they should do. But mm-hmm. regardless, uh, Turcotte's just an all-around, plays all over the rink, and uh, yeah, could be a Jonathan Taves clone, and he wears number 19 with the U.S. Uh, national development team, and I don't think that's a coincidence which is kind of funny because the, the final player that we have on our list here um, kind of pits himself as a, as a Patrick Kane-style player. Uh, Brandon Kane, why don't you tell us a little bit about Trevor Zegris? Yeah, so Zegris was the, uh, another center for the National Development Team Program. Um, unlike Turgot, he was healthy for the entire season. Um, very good skater, um, skates with speed as well. Um, one thing that, you know, when you compare Turcotte and Zegris, you'll see that the acceleration out of pivots is a lot better with Zegris than it is Turcotte. Um, and that's just something with like, oh, these guys are in the same, are on the same team or the same league. And that's an easy comparison thing to look at. Um, vision, hockey IQ, all that stuff. Um, high marks for him. Um, I would say Patrick Kane and also Evgeny Kuznetsov are good NHL comps for him. Um, similar game. Um, and he is committed to Boston University um, for next season where he would play with uh, Jake Wise. Which uh, we like. Current Blackhawks prospect. And he would also join... Uh, Robert Mastrioni from uh, the Chicago Steel. So if those two play on a line together, pray for Hockey East because <laughs> they're going to light some stuff up. Um, so Hashtag pray for Hockey East. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, guys. No, there's um... – there's a lot of names here, uh, and and one even that we didn't mention, Cole Caulfield. Which, um, if you want to touch on him, quick, very quick. Um, Alex Debrinket. Yep, basically, basically <laughs> a slight. A potentially well, I was gonna say Theo slight, Fleury, but all right. Yeah, slightly better Alex Debrinket. Brandon's going Theo Fleury, but yeah, a little five seven guy that scored seventy two goals in sixty four games with the U.S. Development Program last season. So. No, oh, that's it. <sighs> Yeah, it might be pretty good. Um, and that's even an option too. So roughly, you've got seven players here that you could take in the number three spot of the NHL draft, which quite frankly, could be kind of awesome. So 
of the guys on this list, and we won't go yet. We won't get into who we exactly think is going to be um, the the decisions that the uh, that the or the player that the Blackhawks take rather. But um, basically, let's just break down the list here a little bit, guys. I mean, who are some guys that immediately stand out? Um, I know Bowen Byram's a big one, uh, but maybe there's another player that you kind of look at this list and go. Eh, I think the Blackhawks might have their eye on this guy. Dave, is there somebody that you think, you know, Stan Bo and company might look at as, uh, well, as somebody like, they might want to bring along? I really hope this isn't part of the justification of it. Cause it seems like such a dumb reason when you're dealing with a professional sports team, but the Alex Turcotte local angle, just, it seems like there might be something to that. And, and, and again, it, that, that's a dumb reason to draft a, a guy just because he, you know, grew up down the street from you, like you know, it's great for PR, but to be a black sucks, Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's good for Turcotte if he gets to play for his hometown team, and if it all works out, great. But if you draft a guy because he's from twenty miles away, and it turns out he sucks, like you know, the, the Hawks can't afford to miss this pick. So, um, so, so Turcotte's one that just stands out because of the local angle and the way they they always describe him as Jonathan Taves and the way you know if they draft the next Jonathan Taves the the original Jonathan Taves worked out so well for the Hawks that it wouldn't be a bad idea. I, I really think it's it's it seems to me like it's a two horse race between Turcotte and Byram. Like I, I don't know everything I've, I'm reading and hearing and seeing seems like it's between those two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon. Anybody else? I mean, I obviously the Alex Turcotte narrative has been massive um locally but are there any other players that uh that on the list you look at that could potentially be a player that stan bowman and mark kelly look at um from a development standpoint and go yep this is a guy that we need to have on this team asap um i think i don't know zegris is a intriguing option to me um because he played a lot of games at center and wing um so he he could play one year at BU and then be right in the thick of it at right wing and then transition him to center. Where I think with Turcotte, it's a year and then he's playing center. Like he's not going to be at the wing um, just because his game is so forward driven mm-hmm. and not playing in space like what Zegers can do and be a playmaker. Um, that's not to say that Turcotte can't do that, but he's very like, I'm going forward with the puck. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And Zegers can kind of float around and distribute. Um, so I think that's an intriguing option. And I think, I think Doc might be the most underrated of like the group there. Mm. Just because like his ceiling is higher than Cousins. but mm-hmm. And people yeah. are making too much of the contract with Pod Colson. But I feel like I've probably said that enough. Yeah, and, but it's, it, it seems like there's a lot of reasons why Colson is sliding down. I think was it was it uh, was it was Dak the guy that they were some people were questioning just how serious he was about hockey, or was that Cousins? It was one of those two that I, I read somewhere that people are questioning. Their, I think it was, I, I think it was uh, Doc because people were probably questioning whether he actually was hurt. Okay, um, with like because they crashed out in the first round of the. WHL playoffs and then mm. worlds didn't start for like another two weeks. So I think that's what it was, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and also like doc had a hell of a playoff run with Saskatoon as far as like being their <clears throat> leading scorer through two rounds. So he was a guy who was hitting his stride at the end of the season, which you always like to see. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. So now comes the fun part. Uh, and what a lot of people are tuning into this podcast, at least to, to try to figure out. Um, in, instead of going, who do you want? Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Who do you think Stan Bowman calls on Friday night? Dave, you're first. Um, I think it's Mark Kelly's the head of scouting for the Blackhawks, and he was quoted somewhere, or not quoted, but... Mm-hmm. There was a report somewhere I read that said that he loves his American players, so I I, I think it's going to be Turcotte. I, I really it just it seems like the way with the local angle and just everything else about him, just it seems like uh, and I believe uh, 
Jay Zawoski tweeted earlier today that the Hawks are leaning towards a uh, leaning towards a center mm-hmm. um, because you know the two hardest positions to fill in the NHL are number one center and number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, I think Turcotte's where they're going. Fair enough. That's a uh, it's, it's a popular pick. It, the other thing, as we get into the well, you know what? I'll I'll wait. Brandon, who do you think the uh, the Blackhawks take on uh, on Friday night with the number third pick in the draft? I think they surprise people and take Zegris. I think it's just everyone's thinking it's Byram or Turcotte, and then they pull a surprise and go with Zegris. Um, he's he was their number two center um, on the national development team behind Jack Hughes. And when he wasn't playing center, he was on the top line with them. And he was producing and doing everything that you would hope a top three pick would do. So I just, that's the other, you know, American born center that's available. So Mm -hmm. I also kind of want to see like the meltdown if they do it. So Maybe that might be playing into that thought. <laughs> Brandon's in for the show. Which, like, people, people fully can uh, see me doing that and just being like, oh, I want to see the drama. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it um... – man, it's going to be fun. I, so, first of all, I think – it was such a fun reaction. And we did this a little bit um, about a month ago with the other podcast about just how much fun it was to get the, um, to get the third pick to win the lottery. Um, Cause again, this is, uh, this is the first time since I, and I, I could be wrong with this, but isn't it 2007? The first time since the Blackhawks have had a top five pick they had, uh, they, they picked K, K number one in, yeah, I think you're right. In 2007 was number one, um, Taze in 2006. Uh, and then you, and then it was Duncan Keith, but he was even 11th overall. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a super exciting time for, to be a Blackhawks fan, especially because last season they came so close to making a playoff spot. And I mean, hell, we, none of us initially thought it was going to be a thing. I mean, it's kind of a hopeful, but you know, now it's a, now it's a thing and it's, and it's, it's here and it's now. And, um, and I, uh, I, I've, here's my tinfoil hat. I told you I had some conspiracy things. And so here's, here's my take Stan Bowman, uh, this morning, and we were, we're recording this on Monday, the 17th, uh, this morning, Stan Bowman was quoted on 670 the score with Molly and Hanley or Molly and Ha rather, um, saying that, uh, that quote, we're an offensive team trying to bolster that position as much as possible. So initially, while my thought would be Bowen Byram and get the best talent available, it sounds like they're not leaning that direction, which means you've got to pull from the pool of forwards. And sure, you have the Alex, you have the Alex Turcotte angle, which again, the hometown hero and, and all that other stuff. But I believe Turcotte, the, um, I don't know if it was Worlds or if it was, um, another development program game or something like that. But basically Turcotte did not look like one of the best players on the ice, um, according to multiple sources and, uh, and, and a guy whose name kept or, and there were two guys names rather, um, that kept coming up. Uh, that was Cole Caulfield who we don't have on our list. Um, and Trevor Zegras. And, uh, if you consider that again, the Hawks have been known to bring in players that are centers or, you know, guys that they're looking to move to wing positions. Um, it would not surprise me if the Chicago Blackhawks take Trevor Zegras and, uh, and here's Mark Kelly saying as skilled as anyone in the draft, um, demonstrates with execute and occasionally mind blowing passing ability, playmaking skill always has been elite. Um, and Zegers has even mentioned that he's improved his skating and agility as well. Um, and, uh, and having just watched the, the on the clock series, uh, the second one, um, there's a lot of talk about offensive players and even Mark Kelly's like in the thing, the last quote before they cut in the, uh, in the thing, I know my tinfoil hat is so 
like pointy right now, but um, <laughs> this is, I'm going with this. They're, they, it seems, or Mark Kelly rather at the end of it's like, you know, we've done the research and we've looked at all these players and to us, there seems like a clear favorite um, for a guy that we wanted to, that we want to explore moving forward. And um, I believe uh, Zegris was the only one in the interview process to say that he said he was NHL ready. And if I'm the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm looking for somebody who's NHL ready now, um, you know, not a project or not somebody that we're going to think to go to the AHL. So that's why I think the Blackhawks take Trevor Zegris, um, which uh, – again, it's pretty safe to say that there's really no bad choice here with a lot of these players. Cause there's a lot of really good talent from three to 10. Um, so, uh, so because of that, we'll start with Brandon, Brandon, who do you want the Blackhawks to take and why? I want them to take Turcotte. Um, I think his two way game is better than the other centermen that they could take at that spot. Um, a lot of people say, well, where's the fit for Turcotte if you have Taves and Strom? Well, maybe Strom shouldn't be the second line center. Um, you can peg him in a, a chart as the second line center, but the minutes don't have to equate that at all. Um, so I feel like that's what you do. You have him play out one year at Wisconsin and then you bring him in. Um, his two way game is just, it's just better. He, and I just feel like he's more defensively sound than, um, the rest of the guys. And I don't, I don't foresee the Hawks having a problem with him being smaller than, uh, the two WHL guys. So, Mm. and I don't, I feel like the the whole local angle doesn't mean shit. Um, you're picking number three. You're not going to, be like, oh, he's from here. Let's go with him. Mm-hmm. Unless you're the Maple Leafs or the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. They're the only ones that would care about that. <laughs> I mean, this is this is Stan Bowman picking. This isn't Gar Foreman. So, hey, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you don't you don't have to trot someone out on the court and get the local pop and say that where they're from and not their university that they went to. Mm-hmm. So. I got gotcha. you. Right. So, so Brandon, <laughs> while lighting the entire Chicago Bulls organization on fire, uh, wants do, they do that themselves. What well. are you talking about? I'm doing it. They, <laughs> they light themselves on fire. That's true. That is very true. Welcome back to the Second City Hockey Podcast. Um, <laughs> Dave Melton. Uh, all right. So, so Brandon's got Turcotte. Dave, who do you want the Blackhawks to take, and why? Um. I, w- I would like to preface with, with what I'm saying is the more the more we've talked about it tonight, I, I think I'd be more okay with Turcotte than I initially was. Um, but I still want them to take Bowen Byram for a few reasons. First of all, I, I think I still think the Hawks forwards are going to be okay in the in the short term, in the next two to three years with Taves, Kane, Debrinket, Strom, Side, whoever else they add. I think in the next two to three years, their group will still be okay to compete. I don't. Th- know about that with the defense um, because they got all these these young guys coming up but who knows how many of them are going to hit and as as I said earlier I don't know if any of them are a true number one defenseman Bowen Byram projects as that guy you you draft him this year we might have him till 2030 as a number one <clears throat> defenseman and that's something the Hawks don't have and after watching the playoffs last year just seeing all these defensemen who can skate so well and and that how how well they were getting to play. I mean, even Kale McCarr, who made his debut in the playoffs, was skating all over the ice for Colorado. Watching players like that perform so well in the playoffs makes me want another defenseman like that, and Bowen Byram appears to be that guy. Um, and, and I also think it would be a lot more fun if they draft Byram because you add him into the pool of they have a ton of prospects. They have a bunch of guys at the NHL level. They're going to have to make trades to get more uh, more help on the offensive side of the ice or maybe to get some offensive prospects. So drafting Byron will probably result in more trades later. So I, I, I think and, – and the other thing is that Byron can, is a guy that you can draft and he'll be with the team this fall because the Blackhawks defense still needs help with or without Olimata. Even if Olimata turns out to be the player we all hope he can be, 
the Hawks still need defensive help and Byram can bring that. So for all of those reasons, that's why I want the Hawks to take Bo and Byram. And now that I've said all of that, they're definitely going to take Alex Turcotte. <laughs> I just want to add one thing on Byram. Um, mm-hmm. If he doesn't make the NHL team out of camp, he has to go back to um, the WHL and play. He can play in the AHL next year, but it has to be after his junior season ends with the Vancouver Giants based on the CHL NHL um, under 20 agreement. So there you go. So (laughs) that being the case, what I want the Blackhawks to do is trade the third pick. (laughs) I want the Chicago Blackhawks to trade the third overall pick to the Edmonton Oilers. Here we go. Give me the eighth pick in the draft and the 38th pick in the draft for number three. Here's my take. The Edmonton Oilers last season, I've clearly thought this out, gentlemen, so bear with me because this is just, you know, light them up. Here come the phones. No, I want you to trade the third overall pick to Edmonton. Last season, the Oilers picked up Evan Bouchard, a defenseman, not bad, decent player. They are looking for a a defensive core to build around, to clearly build around their star center. So in in building a team around McJesus, what they need to do is find another, basically a key defenseman. So at the third pick, if the Blackhawks can give Edmonton kind of that edge, like, hey, you want it, basically, I want Edmonton to do in this NHL draft what the Chicago Bears did with Mitch Trubisky in the 2017 NFL draft, I believe it was. Um, Yes. And trade up the spot. Give us your first round pick and a second round pick. Because again, the Oilers pick 38th. They're one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the second round. So that being the case, the Blackhawks, who want to be more of an offensive team, or at least have identified themselves as a as more of an offensive team, I want you to trade the third pick to Edmonton to move to eight. And with the eighth pick in the 2019 NHL draft. I want the Chicago Blackhawks to take Alex Turcotte. You're clearly trying to build another core of players, and the three core players you could ultimately take in this draft, I think, is Bowen Byram, Alex Turcotte, and Trevor Zegras. So one of those three need to be your pick. If Bowen Byram is the piece that you use to bolster a trade up for a team like Edmonton, also shout out to Buffalo because some guy named Rasmus Dahlin happens to be a defenseman, and you could add another defenseman there as well. Buffalo has the seventh pick. Problem is, is Buffalo doesn't have as good of a um, uh, they don't have as good of a second round pick because they traded up to get the thirtieth in this draft. But anyways, um, that being the case, I uh, I I think. That uh, that you trade that pick, get the seventh pick or get the seventh or eighth pick in the draft, and another one in the second round. Find another player like an Alex DeBrinkit, maybe a small forward that you might want to build up in the system because for some reason Bowman and Mark Kelly do a great job of finding players like that. So hey, here's another second round pick to be able to do that. Now you have the 37th and 43rd pick in the draft. You can use that to build any sort of wing help, or even if you want to go and get a defenseman there, you could as well. Um, Shout out to Ryan Johnson. But in that instance, you've filled a need, you've gained another player, and you now have a star center in this case, or you can move him to wing if you want, to to build another core around in Turcotte. So I want the Hawks to trade the third pick, and go get either Turcotte or Zegris ultimately, but they, I really want Alex Turcotte. Gentlemen, I need your takes. Go, go ahead, Brandon. All you. <laughs> All right. So clearly Brad hasn't been reading the site lately because I wrote an entire article that said the Blackhawks will not be trading the pick because it has never been done in the salary cap area <laughs> where a top four pick has never been moved. So you can live in a fantasy land, Brad, if you want, but this isn't going to happen. And if they move from three to eight, 
I will punch Mark Kelly in the face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting, getting violent. All right. That's it's, it's interesting because I've seen that mentioned a few times because like, and I think people just, uh, they think the way the NFL, the, the way the NFL draft works is the way that every draft works where in the NFL draft, people trade picks left and right. Like it's going out of style, but in the NHL, like, like the usually on trade night, they're not like flipping. No one's really doing a ton of trading up to get players or trading down for more picks. Not as much as they do in the NFL draft. And I don't know if there's a reason behind that, if the NHL people are just boring or what, what the deal is, but yeah, that, Trading up to get players, like I think the Hawks traded up to get Debrinket, was it? I no. Think, who they 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 recently they traded? They traded, they traded Shaw to get Debrinket because they didn't have a second round pick that year. That's right. Okay. Um, okay. So they got two picks um, that they used on. Uh, Are there Kormiov? I think the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah I think that's who it was. Um, but the most recent trade they did was last year when they traded their fifth round pick for this year to the Canadians and got back the fifth round pick that Florida originally had. And they picked um, Michael Hekarainen. And then the last time they traded down was in 2017 when they picked Henry Yokiharu. They traded on two spots with Dallas, and Dallas picked the goaltender whose last name I can't pronounce that went to BU. Jake something. Serves an O. People know. Um, Light up the comments. If, if like, in the wild fantasy land of the Blackhawks trading down, their partner would be the LA Kings, and in your, like, model, Brad, of getting a first and a second, they would get the fifth pick and then LA's uh, 33rd pick. So the second pick in the second round, that would make the most sense. I get what you're saying with like Edmonton, but it'd be unprecedented. Um, that's actually the word that's using the headline. So, um, <laughs> and if the Blackhawks don't take Turcotte at three, I'm pretty sure the Avalanche are going to take him because his game just matches the style of play that they have. And if you add, I mean, really it's just unfair that, Colorado just like fleeced Ottawa with this whole trade situation with Duchenne mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it has that fourth pick. And that's just like, clearly that's, it could have been a better pick, which is even scarier to think about. Yeah. Well, um, just the based Hawks on better, the trajectory that team has. The Hawks better be certain about their pick because the guy that they don't take Colorado could take a number four and then they'll be facing them for the next 10 to 15 years. Because after after watching mm-hmm. Kale McCarr and watching Nathan McKinnon this year, who are you know both like what like McCarr is like nineteen or twenty, McKinnon <clears throat> like maybe twenty one, twenty two. Like the Hawks got to be dealing with those two guys for the next decade. So so they're they're going to and need- they have the sixteenth pick, which they can use on like a whole slew of like forward options are there, um, or they could be like I don't know somehow. the German defenseman guy slips to them or, you know, there's like a group of defensemen that could be around in that, that middle range too. So, um, gentlemen, you're forgetting the most crucial part of all of this. It's that the Edmonton Oilers are the most desperate team in the NHL right now. Well, yeah, but they don't have Chiarelli running the ship anymore. So they're not going to do as much dumb stuff. They're not going to trade, you know, like Brandon Manning for Drake Kajula. But if you get a player that you already know that is if, – if you get a player that you know is going to be a cornerstone of a team that, you, that you're building around Connor McDavid, why wouldn't you do that? If, if you're Ken Holland, the new because, Oilers GM. Because it's Edmonton and they always manage to screw it up. Well, there you go. Also Ken Holland. So, <laughs> so, so if you're Ken Holland and you make that move to get your defenseman, give up your first round pick and your second round pick, basically go all in on that. Still give you still give the Hawks an option. I'm you not see, writing off this option. You, you see, you're still trying to convince us of this thing that's never going to happen. I'm not right. No, no, no. I this is what I, you asked. What I or I asked. Uh, what What do we want to see? You happen? asked yourself. You I, asked yourself. I want to see the Blackhawks try to move this to to get another second round player. Because again, I personally I love Trevor Zegers, and I think that he would be a great player to add to the team. Because again, quite frankly, 
if defense is not the way that the Blackhawks go, which again, and don't get me wrong, that it were if if they don't go with Bowen Byram, you're you still have a decent enough talent pool of players on defense, and don't forget you just picked up Olimata to to bolster a defensive core that was already Olimata the second sucks. worst in the NHL. Well, I shouldn't say Olimata sucks, but Olimata is not enough. Yeah, but again, you only have to be better than second worst. <laughs> so if so, if you're going to go that route. I say use that pick to, to bolster the offense, which again, I, you're, you're clearly in need of that. I'm not a big fan of Dylan Sakura. Um, I, he's, he's been decent in Rockford and did not score at all in the NHL. He had a decent amount of assists during his tenure last season um, up with the big club. But I, I think that that's a crucial piece that they're missing <coughs> And with just how deep the for, the list of forwards are this year, I would absolutely love to see the Hawks try to get at least another top 10 pick to bring in any, even if you bring in a Kirby Doc or a Dylan Cousins or a, um, you know, or even if Pod Colson's the guy you end up going with and, you know, he rides out a year or two in the KHL, that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. You just, you, I think I still think that offense is the way they need to go. It sounds like Stan Bowman wants that to be the identity. Mark Kelly seems to be in the same boat. So if that's the case, I can tell you that they're probably not going to go with Bowen Byram. Watch them pick Bowen Byram. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and you've already got, you know, kind of the, the undersized winger in, in Alex DeBrinkit. Now, mind you, again, that's not to say that, you wouldn't go with like a Cole Caulfield in the first round, which again, having a guy that scored, what was it? 72 goals or 74 goals in 62 games. Like that would be amazing to add that, you know, putting two Debrinkets on the same team to put them on the second and third line respectively would be, or respectively would be awesome. And if you can do your Stan Bowman things that he tends to do as the GM and, and cut these deals that have been absolutely amazing for the Hawks, Shout out to Dylan Strom for uh, for Vinny Hinestroza. Um Wait, what? You mean well, Strom for Schmaltz? That was not the deal. Or oh, that was Schmaltz. Jeez. Either way, <laughs> either way, Schmaltz for uh, or you're, Schmaltz. Now you're in a fantasy world where Dylan Strom was traded for Vinny Hinestroza. I'm getting all I'm getting all <laughs> I'm getting all hot and bothered and excited here because it, I think uh, Blackhawks have a Schmaltz looks just fine with Arizona. Schmaltz looks just fine with Arizona before he. Got injured. And <laughs> if the Hawks if the Hawks trade the number three pick, get PK Subban. I'll, I'll entertain your your idea of trading the the pick, but you better bring me a, a number uh, a top flight defenseman that's proven at the NHL level, or don't do it at all. Interesting. That'd be that. <clears throat> all right, I gotta look more into that. Hold on, I gotta. I'll go get my tinfoil and go sit under my tinfoil. So, pump yeah. out columns for the rest of the so with that let's let's shift to what our uh top 10 is our our own top 10 mock draft jack hughes is going first all right so we both do we all have hughes and caco going one and two yeah and then if if the hawks happen if if either one of those guys happens to fall to number three the hawks need to take them oh my god yes absolutely agreed then, yeah. Bra- then Brandon, talk us through talk us through the top five. <clears throat> All right, so I from what I've gathered, we've got Turcotte, Byram, or Zegras as going three to the Hawks. Right. Four. <clears throat> do you see any other players than those two going? Because I don't. No, I I think I think we're good. <clears throat> maybe maybe okay. Dylan Cousins. Maybe to the avalanche. Okay. Yeah. To the Maybe. And then the LA Kings. I think that they would take doc. Depends. I think if, if Bowen Byram's there at five, I think you take Byram. <clears throat> right. And then who do you guys have the wings taking at six? likely a forward um which 
likely the best player available because they still need everything. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. Which is true. Um, I <laughs> I think it'd be kind of funny if they took Pod Colson because it's kind of their thing to take um, to take Russians. Um, I would go. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go Pod Colson, or I'd even go if you wanted to throw in like a Cole Caulfield there. Um, although uh, um, I can't think of his name now. Um, their star winger, I can't remember his name. Oh my god. Dylan Larkin. Thank you, Dylan Larkin. Um, already kind of undersized as it is. So, I mean, maybe they don't go Caulfield, although I'm sure them watching the Blackhawks have Alex Dabrinkit. Hell, I'm sure the NHL walking, watching the Blackhawks have Alex Dabrinkit makes them want to have their own. So I think Caulfield's a hot commodity there at six. Um, but I think it's winger. What do you think, Dave? I don't think it's center. Um, well, I mean, they've had so much. Is Zegra still on the board for us? If Colorado doesn't take him, yes. Because uh, I, I would say I mean, Detroit's had so much success with uh, European players in the past. Um, I, I, I would see Trevor Zegers being the guy. And they, and they need some more offensive things. Like they just need some more creativity on offense. I, I think they, uh, they've, they've got a few defensive prospects. They have their one, their, their, uh, one first-round D-man's pick who made his debut this year whose name escapes me. Um, Philip Sedina? No, nah, not Sedina. I wrote about this when okay. I was make, making a chart on Yokoharu. His name is escaping me at the moment, and I can't remember it. I'm going to look it up, and I'll remember it in 10 seconds. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would say Zegers to uh, Detroit. That would be number six there. I think they go Pod Colson because Steve Eiserman is their GM, and he loaded mm-hmm. up Tampa Bay with Russians. Oh, I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> right. Um, Buffalo at seven. Who do you think they take? I think this is where Caulfield goes. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, Dennis Chalowski is the guy I was thinking of for Detroit. Oh. That was the know. guy. He was their number 20 pick in okay. 2016. Anyway, um, but yes, Cole Caulfield <clears throat> to Buffalo, yes. Assuming that he's still on the board, this is – I'm going either Dylan Cousins or Kirby Doc here. Okay, and then the Oilers, who apparently are a NHL franchise, <laughs> allegedly, are going to trade up to get. No, <laughs> I've got the um, if the Oilers are picking eighth, which hmm, we'll see. Um, I think they go winger, and at this point in the game, um, again, if Caulfield's taken, then if if in my world if um if Caulfield gets taken or if Pod Colson gets taken basically whoever one of those two are probably still going to be available at that point um so I think they take them otherwise you're potentially dipping into uh Matthew Boldy territory I could I could see that um I've also could see them going with um if if Doc was still on the board I can't remember who we picked at this point now should have wrote, wrote this down as we were going through. Yeah, right. And then ultimately, yeah. So then you've got Anaheim at nine and Vancouver at ten. I think it's I think it's safe to say. So I'll go this route. Tell me if there's somebody on this list that needs to go or that you're going to replace with somebody else. But in the top ten, here are the names: Jack Hughes, Capocacco, Dylan Cousins, Alex Turcotte, Bowen Byram, Kirby Doc, Cole Caulf- Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegris. Uh, Pod Colson, Matthew Boldy. That, I think Pod Colson falls out of the top ten. I think that might be the one. And then Philly picks him up, or at eleven. I think the one name, or I guess there's two, uh, Peyton Krebs and Alexander Newhook would be options for Vancouver. At center over Krebs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't. I see one of them going to Vancouver if they're. I mean, I, I feel like they'll still be there. But um, yeah, I feel like that's the pick for Vancouver. Um, <clears throat> Newhook has played it's in Victoria. He's right there. It's a good name. Mm-hmm. Newhook? Yeah. That's a good name. Absolutely. If nothing else. If nothing and else, it's a good name. <laughs> right. 
and also like uh, um, I'll just leave this if you search Alexander uh, Newhook's name on YouTube and you find a Sportsnet video of him about his journey from living on the east coast in Canada and living with his aunt in um, British Columbia it's an interesting story and his uh, his father's voice is reminiscent of a certain politician okay. so I'll leave it at that um, so I feel like the Krebs or Newhook could go to Vancouver um, and among those guys that would fall out in favor of them um, we mentioned Pod Colson. probably Kirby Doc yeah, Doc or Pod Colson, if Detroit passes on Pod Colson. I don't see any of the other teams from seven to Vancouver mm-hmm. going with Pod Colson. So. So, yeah, seven, eight, nine, or ten. That's fair. Um, yeah, sorry. The answer draft always seems so hard to project is because it's not – very few of these guys are going to be immediate impact guys, so it's hard to know, you know, like – you might know the NHL team's glaring weakness at the NHL level, but it's, it seems like it's more of the organizational thing, especially once you get outside of like the top five, when the majority of these guys probably won't play the first season. And you got to figure out what each farm system is, is needing, which is usually much different than what they need at the NHL level. And it's a whole other scenario. It's, I don't like all the mock drafts you see for the NHL. I don't know how all those riders do it just because, it's so much more of a guessing game when it's uh, the NHL draft as opposed to the NFL or the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to the MLB draft. It's more mm-hmm. based as opposed to, um, you know, need and or system based as opposed to, right. Um, you know, or immediate or immediate need. It's more system based rather. I, I can form complete sentences. Uh, and then the last question that, uh, that I have that we're going totally off script for is um, when is Spencer Knight, the basically only goaltender who's probably going to go in the first round. When is he going slash does he go at all in the first round? Goal, a goalie hey, in the first round. First. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go probably, I'll say he goes early 20s. That's my guess. And he I can, I can. I mean, the the one team that jumps out to you is the New York Rangers, who just traded, uh, who picked up the first round pick of the Jets just tonight, mm-hmm. um, by in the Truba trade, um, because eventually they're going to need somebody to back up Lundqvist. I have no idea if they have another goalie in the farm system. Um, they had Antiranta. Oh, they have goalies. They do. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. They just brought over a guy from Russia. Ah. Um, okay. Yeah. You see, you I. This is where I, I always get messed up with I, I, of knowing other teams' farm systems. But, uh, I mean, just look at the NHL level. The Islanders don't really have a, a – none of the teams I'm looking at in the low 20s have a – well, Matt Murray in Pittsburgh is an exception there. But none of those other teams have, like, a, a great young goalie. So, I, I, I shouldn't say – I see teams here that look like they could use a good young goalie. So, I would say he's – by 25, Spencer Knight's off the board. There you go. By 25? Okay, fair enough. By 25, enough. final answer. Lock it in. Well, no, I no, it, he, so he will fall to 25 or worse. Oh, well, I, I got him before 25, so ha. Fair enough. Um, Brandon, when do you think Spencer Knight goes? I think the – and this will, like, if this happens, this will shape how free agency goes, I feel like. If the Florida Panthers take Spencer Knight at 13, then you probably can write off Bobrovsky going there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other team early I could see taking him would be Arizona. And then in the later part of the draft, <clears throat> Calgary seems like just a perfect fit for him. Mm-hmm. He can do one year in the AHL and then next year be the starter because if there's anything that anyone knows about the Calgary flames is they are not great in net (laughs) and plug that guy right in there. That'll happen. Um, And maybe the flames trade up to grab him. Oh no. Um, A trade. Cause those are like, 
those yeah i mean that's what happens in the the middle section to like the the end that's when trades uh normally happen so in the okay. first round if ever so um those would be the three teams i would see taking him i know that the kings have two picks in the first round but the kings have cal peterson mm-hmm. um and they're gonna ride there. jonathan quick into the ground i mean the blackhawks did that to crawford so and the and the Preds are gonna do it to Pecorine, and the Rangers are gonna do it to uh, to Lundqvist, and Roberto Luongo is still on staff in Florida, still technically. So you know it's fine, it's totally yeah, fine. But I don't see like Dallas doesn't need a goaltender. They just drafted one in the first round um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Vegas is clearly fine. But 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 um, but but it could be Spencer Knight on the Golden Knights, Brandon. Oh, God. I think the Brandon. best possible situation would be Spencer Knight going to the Kings because then he could be the Knight King. Ooh. And when is that? That's, Good that's night, the, everybody. That's the 22nd pick overall. So, I mean, here we go. Um, no, the Kings draft him fifth. Uh, okay, on that bombshell, uh, it's uh, it's it's about that time to wrap it up. Again, NHL draft first round on uh, on Friday night, or is it the first two rounds? It's the first two rounds, first, isn't it? First round on Friday mm-hmm. night, and then everything else on uh, on the Saturday, which should be good. Um, that's the twenty first and the twenty second. Uh, everybody should go check that out. I don't think it's going to be broadcast anywhere other than NHL Network, correct? First round is on NBC Sports Network and Sportsnet for Canadian peoples. A. And then rounds two through seven are also on Sportsnet in Canada and NHL Network in the States. There you go, NHL Network. So perfect. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and as always, you can check out secondcityhockey.com for any other ludicrous ideas that I may have in terms of trading up a pick in the uh, in the top 10. So um, until that time, no, shout out to uh, shout out to to Dave Melton across the uh, the airwaves here and Brandon Kane. Boys, great work with the uh, with the draft coverage as well as Megan and Shaylin over at uh, Puck and Wright Chicago, uh, the Monday show. Um, and we will be back uh, in two Wednesdays from now um, to bring you very likely the reaction of uh, of Brandon and Dave feeling absolute shame for uh, getting it totally wrong after the Blackhawks trade away that third pick. Um, this is a take. Anyways, uh, if... Um, yeah, I think that's all of the business things we need to get to. Uh, as always, check it out, secondcityhockey.com and SB Nation. Uh, and again, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. We've got an email address that'll all be in the description below. But until next time, uh, let, us, uh, let us know what you think in the comments section, and we will be watching the draft with y'all on Friday night. We'll talk to you next time.